Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. And if you want to know who are the winners and losers from the offseason in the American League, Sully Baseball and I got you covered next. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned, we're talking to Paul Francis Selvin. Please call him Sully of the winners and losers from the MLB offseason from free agency in the American League. I know that Ketel Marte extension is coming. I'm recording this on Sunday, so it hasn't officially broke yet. So if it breaks today, we'll probably do a locked on now for you guys on social media. Then we'll probably talk about it at the top of Tuesday's podcast since I'm recording Monday's podcast on a Sunday. So I want to be up to date and fresh for you guys as always. So We'll talk and give our thoughts on that Ketel Marte extension on the Tuesday's pod if the Marte extension breaks Sunday or Monday. But for today, winners and losers from the American League. And tomorrow, winners and losers from the National League with Paul Francis Sullivan of Locked On MLB. So let's jump right into it. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online is where the game starts. Happy Monday, everybody. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On MLB crossover. As we have the hosts of Locked On MLB and the hosts of Locked On Diamondbacks getting together as we do every week. Talk a little baseball and discuss, well, the state of the game as it is. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. We are a little, you know, I'm not even going to edit that out. (laughs) Sometimes I trip on my own words, especially when I'm tongue tied and want to introduce my illustrious co-host for the proceedings. Mr. Miller Thomas, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. And Sully, trust me, I'm like the most least eloquent guy on these podcasts. So don't worry about those word fumblings at all. Well, there you go. I'm also on every allergy medication in the world right now. My apologies for those watching on YouTube right now as I look like someone put a helium hose in me and decided to hit blow. And now I'm going to float off into the sky like the house and up. But before I do that, we're going to remind you that this show is available wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks so much for making us your first listen. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at LockedOnMLBPods. And you can hit, you can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter. How about you, uh, Miller Thompson? Where can people find you? Well, if you want to check out my personal account, we just cracked 800 Ooh. followers on Twitter at Creator Thomas 24. If you want to check out that, or if you just want to see the show handle, the podcast handle, just type in 
Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram in that little search bar. So let's just talk about right now, because I want to talk a little bit about the American League in today's show. The season's starting pretty soon. And when the lockout ended, it was kind of tough to take a look at how everyone's offseason was because, well, there were still a lot of moves to be made. Some big names were still floating around there. And it was clear that anyone who's trying to make predictions and trying to forecast what was going to happen in the leagues right after the lockout ended, that was a fool's errand because we weren't sure how the teams were going to uh, were going to unfold. Well, we have a much clearer point of view now. There's a couple more big moves, a couple more big trades have been made. Most of the big free agents have been taken off the board. There's only one really, really worthwhile free agent who's still available. That's Michael Conforto. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's just talk a little bit right now. As the offseason is, you know, winding down, spring training's winding down, it's going to be April at the end of this week, which means the, the season is going to be arriving very, very soon. Oh, in terms of American League teams and American League players and American League storylines, mm-hmm. who do you think some of the winners are? Yeah, I'll first start with a, a pretty simple answer. Maybe we'll get a little bit more convoluted as we keep doing this segment. But I'll first start with the Seattle Seattle Mariners. Started off easy. This is a team that we know the longest playoff drought of the four major American sports. It's like 23 years or something crazy. I think the last time they made it was like 01 or 02. So for the Mariners to go out there, they made a trade that not everyone was in love with but i personally like you get jesse winker back who Mm -hmm. i think is a legit all-star outfielder yes his splits are definitely conflated toward one side of the plate but who cares he's still gonna put up an mvp type stat line eugenio suarez yes he bats below the mendoza line but he can still give you ops around 800 he can still get you maybe 40 bombs so i think adding those two and then the old diamondbacks friend Robbie Ray coming off a Cy Young Award season. They added him to the Mariners are a young team. They got some young talent. We know they got Jared Kalenic, who was this prize prospect who struggled mightily his rookie season, but still has a lot of talent. So for the Mariners, they're a team that seems to be all in on this season. They were on the precipice last year. I thought the manager did a great job. So I like all the all in moves that they made this year. And they're really trying to, you know, go after it and finally crack that postseason drought that they've been waiting to break so long. Yeah, I think the Mariners are, are an easy winner for this year. And there's a couple other reasons. And we'll get when we get to some of the losers uh, in the American League West, that's another reason why I think they're the winner, uh, which just sounds like a convoluted statement. But trust me, um, you know, Kyle Seeger obviously retires, but you know, they had acquired, um, you know, from uh, Houston. Um, what's his name? Um, the The infielder. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, Toro, Abraham Toro, uh, the, in the Kendall Graveman trade, the controversial Kendall Graveman trade. And Toro mm-hmm. played very, very well from down the stretch, and Graveman actually wet the bed. And so the fact of the matter is they're going to have him for a full season. They made some good, solid moves, and they were a team that won 90-some-odd games last year. Yeah. I think they won 90 right on the dot. And they were a team that could pitch. They just added a Cy Young Award winner. Granted that, you know, they did lose Kikuchi. It's like they swapped out Kikuchi for Robbie Ray. And I think that's a step up, even though I liked Kikuchi as a pitcher. Um, Yeah, I think that this is a team that is 
as well equipped to I think they're well equipped to make a division run. And I'll get in a little bit of that when I get to some of the you know the losers um of the American League. Uh I a big obvious winner right now, in my opinion, is the Minnesota Twins. Okay. Now, Keep in mind, the Minnesota Twins had a rotten season last year, um, and and they were non-contenders, and they wound up trading away uh, Barrios, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. they they felt that it was time for them to be sellers, and they also traded away uh, Nelson Cruz because, well, you know, because because, but just the year before in the in the truncated season, the the COVID season, they were the division champs, and the year before that, they were a hundred win team. There's talent on that team, and they had a down year last year. And while they lost Barrios, they did add Sonny Gray, and now they added and they added um, Gio Urshela, and they added uh, Gary uh, Sanchez, Gary Sanchez, and of course they added Correa. By adding Correa, it sends a message to the team. Even if, you know Correa, if Correa has a great year, he's gone next year, and everyone knows that. This is a little bit of. Uh, was it was it uh who was it who went to the Raptors for one season? Was it was Kawhi it, Leonard? Kawhi Leonard, yeah, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi was there for one year. You know, like Johnny Appleseed dropped the uh, NBA title onto Toronto's left lap, and then off he went. And Toronto fans are so happy. Uh, Minnesota Twins fans who are thirsty for just a playoff win. Uh, you bring in a guy who is whatever you think of him. He's a MVP caliber player. He's a winner. And it also is a message to the team of going, okay, we think this is a winnable year. And I think there is a, I mean, I've talked about this in the previous show. There could also be a domino effect of the pressure of Gary Sanchez to be the great catcher of New York and be a big star in the New York media market and to live up to his rookie season. Uh, if I were the Mariners, I would burn his catcher's equipment. So we just just hit bombs for us. We have catchers. We, up the middle DH. of the defense is terrific. You'd be the DH. Maybe play first every once in a while. But to have someone like Correa working with Sanchez and taking some of the pressure off of him and having him be relieved of the New York pressure, uh, I think you. it's like they may be acquiring a good, good Gary Sanchez instead of Awful Gary Sanchez. And I think Urshela is a valuable player. And they acquired Sonny Gray. <clears throat> you know, they, they've acquired tons of players who couldn't make it in New York, who could very well do well with Minnesota. And lest we forget, that's a winnable division. And just a few years ago, the Twins, as I said, were a hundred win team in that division. And now they added this, they've added Correa, who wants to have an MVP caliber season like no one else, if for no other reason, for cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Twins, from where they were last year to to right now, um, you have to look at them as a playoff contender. So I think that they're a huge winner of this offseason. So what else you got for me? Am I back? Yeah. Did we okay. lose you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like my Wi-Fi dropped on my end for a second. Oh, I thought I thought happened. I stunned you to silence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened for a second, but yeah, looking at the Twins rotation, I don't know if I love it for the playoffs right about now. It doesn't. I just don't love the talent on paper. But in terms of the lineup, I think the lineup could definitely 
score some runs for this team next season. That could be the competitive advantage that this team has. Because if you do get that good Gary Sanchez back from 2018, 2019, that's a legit 30 to 40 home run guy. Gio Ursula is a solid offensive player as well. You got um, Carlos Correa coming in, who could be an MVP, could be the best offensive shortstop in baseball potentially next season and then really the guy that could put this all together the glue piece in that twins lineup is byron buxton who yeah. just has never been able to stay healthy for a full season but we know he has the talent to be a superstar one of the what five to ten best players in baseball he mm-hmm. just hasn't been able to play 150 games to show it so if you get those all those players cooking even a miguel sano can hit you 30 plus home runs and get you an 800 OPS. They're they're going to have five to six guys in that lineup that are going to be really productive, potentially, if you get the best case scenario out of each of them. So overall, this Twins team, from the pitching perspective, I don't know if they have enough to make the playoffs, but offensively, I think they're definitely a scary team to play, and I don't want to play them late in the year if they're going to be on my schedule and I'm trying to make the postseason. If I see the Twins on my schedule, they could definitely play a uh, spoiler down the stretch if they don't trade Correa or something at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look at I think that we can all say that it is, you know, that that baseball, you know, it's back. We know that things are things are going to happen this upcoming season and we all need that boost of energy that a baseball season can bring about. Kind of like the boost of energy you get when you have a built bar. Now look at we are now in the spring. And how many of us even remember what our New Year's resolutions were? We gave up on them. I didn't. I didn't. I'm sticking with them because I want to eat healthier and take better care of my body. And a great way to do that is to have a built Bar because when you have them, it feels like you're not having your New Year's resolution. Easy for you to say. It feels like you're having your cheat meal. Because let me tell you something. Have you tried the puffs? Have you tried the puffs there? If you oh, have I tried the puffs? Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you tried them? I've tried the puffs, yeah. They're well, delicious. yeah, and they're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They're incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorites. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein, Replace your candy bar with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you're going to be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carb, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is a candy bar. Now, there are so many great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. My personal favorite one is raspberry. And check out the new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and the new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects should be your second listen. Well, after Lockdown Diamondbacks, who are we kidding? Host oh, Lindsey yeah. Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, um, enough of the positivity. Oh, 
let's think about some of the losers who's at this point, and this is, and this is how I'll describe loserdom. Okay. Based upon where they were at the beginning of the off season, as Freddie Freeman was jumping up and down and everyone said, well, the Braves are the champs and Freddie Freeman's a brave for life. From that moment to the moment where you and I are doing this recording, me on every form of antihistamine, <laughs> who is in worse shape? What is in worse shape? And let's be pessimistic. I know you have a couple of things. It may not even be a team. It may be a player. It may be a concept. It may be a built bar. Mm-hmm. So let me know your thoughts. Yeah, this one I'm going tangible. I'm going with another basic answer here. I'm going with the Oakland A's, the team that won 86 games last year, surprisingly competitive like they always are. But this offseason, they figured, hey, let's just blow it up. We got rumors that we might be, you know, moving the team somewhere else. Right now, it's not a good time to be an A's fan. You just traded Matt Olson. Yes, you got a fat package back of prospects. So hopefully those guys materialize in five years or so. But you look at the rest of the A's offseason. I mean, they traded Matt Olson, like I said. Uh, what else do I have for in Chapman. Oh, Bastard. Chapman. You lost... Two outfielders in Mark Hanna and Starling Marte to the New York Mets. So when I look overall at the uh, the A's offseason, they lost so much freaking talent. You got rumors of the team moving. It's I guess it's the money ball philosophy. I don't exactly know what's going on in Oakland. I don't know why they're doing a full-scale rebuild. One season after almost winning 90 games, like I know the AL East is a tough division, but I look at the other two divisions in the American League, I'm like, the A's are not that far off if they can put some talent in that rotation and keep building around the, the talent they already had in their lineup. So I don't understand why they're just blowing it up and rebuilding when they weren't really in that bad of a place to begin with. If they had a decent bullpen last year, they would have won the division. I mean, their pitching staff was very good. Their starting staff was very good, and they could score runs. Um, they traded Olsen. They traded Bassett. They traded Chapman. Now, to be fair, they got like a haul of prospects for all three of those players. Mm-hmm. But you you left out the biggest, the single biggest loss is Bob Melvin. Oh, Bob Melvin was has been the manager for the last, you know, since 2011. And how many times have the A's put a team on the field that on paper looks like a borderline minor league team? And Bob Melvin's got him to the postseason. Hasn't won a series, but he's down to the postseason in 2012 after a teardown, 2013, 2014, 20, was it 2018, 2019, and 2020? So from 2012 to 2021, the A's made the postseason six times. And if you look at the rosters, it's not like they were very consistent. Even year to year, the people, the turnover on those teams and the consistent play, you know, yes, yes, we're all fans of Brad Pitt. We're all like Moneyball. But the consistent face on the field during that whole time was Bob Melvin. Mm -hmm. And I think he saw the writing on the wall that there was going to be a teardown. And I think the A's, there's so much talk about them moving to Las Vegas, which I think is a terrible idea. I don't want the A's to move. I made that very clear. If they're going to move anywhere, Portland Diamond, PDX uh, Diamond Project. I'd want them to move to Portland. Oh, okay. Or Nashville, which makes sense, too. And they had their top farm team in Nashville for a while. But I think Bob Melvin read the writing on the wall and said, I want to go to, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire living in San Diego and have a bunch of major leaguers. Granted, one where the MVP doesn't know not to ride a freaking motorcycle in the offseason. But 
No, I think this has been a brutal offseason for the A's. I mean, to their credit, they did, as I said, they did get value in their trades. They weren't just – some of the Reds' trades just look like flat-out dumps. They did get good quality players in return, especially that Olsen, you know, Hall. They got four very good players from the Braves. Um, and, you know, knowing some of the A's trades in the past, all four of those players will turn out to be all-stars and then be flipped for seven more all-stars. Um, but, yeah, the A's are a big uh, a big letdown. You, know, you and I yeah. talked about Seattle and as being one of the winners of the offseason and Minnesota. Well, the Astros have to be considered one of the losers. I mean, look at the Astros went to the World Series last year. And they had a wonderful season. They wound up winning 95 games. And they did so with, I mean, I picked Oakland to win the, the division last year because I liked the A's starting staff a hell of a lot more than I liked Houston's starting staff. And to be fair, the A's starting staff was better than the Astros starting staff. The difference was the A's bullpen was god-awful and the Astros uh, bullpen was good enough. And their starting staff was good enough. You know, they got decent years out of Grinky, out of McCullers, out of Framber Valdez. Uh, Luis Garcia gave him some innings and some wins. You know, they got they got a couple of, you know, a couple of decent starts. Uh, even Christian Javier pitched well for them, especially in the postseason. Um, Grinky's gone. McCullers has uh, injury issues. Their starting staff is is pretty thin. And they just lost the guy who was the glue of the team. I mean, yes, I know Altuve got the most press. Correa seemed to be the glue of that team. And there was so much hope when it looked like he was going to sign a short-term deal that he was going to return to the Astros, that when he went to the Minnesota Twins, it was a gut punch. And I think the, the coast is clear for Seattle to win this division if Oakland's rebuilding and the Astros are going to take two or three steps back, I mean, this is the window of opportunity for the Astros, who I know technically have a World Series title. Does anybody <laughs> not named H-Town acknowledge that World Series title? I do. Okay, fine. You're a much nicer man than me, Miller. I mean, yes, they won the World Series the same, you know, but it's like no one's going to celebrate that World Series. And – um, you know, I think that this is a losing Correa who should have been an Astro for life. There's no, I don't care. I don't care how good the prospects are down the farm. I honestly don't because eventually Correa could move over to first. Robin Yount was an MVP at shortstop and eventually became an MVP in center field. You know, it, in, you know, you could see players move to different points of their position. Ernie Banks was the great second baseman in uh, Cubs history became a great first baseman. Pete Rose moved all around the infield. Okay. Doesn't mean, well, we got this great guy who's never played one game in the majors. Might as well let Carlos Correa walk and not even replace him with a major leaguer when there's 750,000 shortstops who are available. The nanosecond he signed with the uh, Minnesota yeah. Twins, why they weren't fumbling over themselves to get Trevor Story there immediately makes zero sense to me. And especially with the Astros, their the window of opportunity is right now. When teams have a window of opportunity right now and they let a player like him go, homegrown, 
I, I, it's preposterous. It's preposterous. And and um, yeah, I think the Astros, in one sense, are the biggest losers of this offseason. Well, maybe it's kind of like, I know you don't watch football, Sully, but it could be like the Kansas City Chiefs who this past week traded their star wide receiver Tyree Killing. Say, why would the Chiefs do that? Their window of opportunity to win a Super Bowl is still open. Why would they trade one of their foundational players? Well, maybe it's because they don't want to pay that guy that kind of money. And the same could be true for the Astros, who maybe didn't want to pay Carlos Correa the $35 million a year over 10 years. Don't want to give him that Corey Seager, 350 over 10 years. Yes, you could say they should have went out there and got Trevor Story then maybe for six years, 140 or whatever he got. But at the end of the day, this Astros team, I, I can see your mic is probably muted, Sully, because you're dying right here on the YouTube video stream. But yeah, I mean, they could have still gone out and got a different bat to replace him. But at the end of the day, the Astros just might be very confident in their own developmental system and their drafting and just knowing that they can retool this roster whenever they want. They feel like this they is can not find- just anybody. I'm sorry, Millard. This is not George <laughs> Springer. OK, he's their, face. he's their heartbeat like we've talked about. He's right. The and, though, no doubt. And also it's clear by the end that he was willing to take a short look at the deal. The whole idea. Well, we didn't want to keep him long term for all this. He's going to be gone after this year from Minnesota. Why couldn't the Astros have done that? I mean, they could have done it for one year, but then you're, I guess, back in the same situation next season. Maybe they're in a different situation. Maybe maybe he said, oh, I don't want to leave here. Or you you don't give up this window of opportunity now. Maybe uh, little Lord Fauntleroy, whoever their their prospect is, will be ready to be coming up to the majors by the end of there. Just makes no sense to me when you have a homegrown talent like Carlos Correa to let him walk while he's not even 29 years old yet. Which brings us to the New York Yankees. Um, I don't understand what they're doing. Well, I, uh, Brian Cashman still has a job. And the fact that everyone who hates the Yankees is thrilled by that fact is wonderful. You know, the Cashman has his defenders who come out like hypnotized people who really get angry anytime he's criticized and make sure that all the blame is deflected. Elsewhere. It's the Steinbrenners. It's the scouting department. It's the, the analytics he said, well, he's a general manager who has put together a team that has a payroll of like 250 million pigs and it's filled with holes. Even his defenders say, well, this is a flawed lineup and a weak rotation and there's not a lot of depth. Okay, then how are you not blaming the guy who spent $250 million and doesn't have a reliable number two starter? Has has near has a third, maybe even more than a third of his lineup be easy outs, and you're relying on everyone's a bounce back, and got bamboozled by the twins. <laughs> they need they had a hole wider than the Lincoln Tunnel at shortstop. Everybody in the planet knew that they needed. To that, the filling sh- the shortstop role with an effective veteran would make everything else fall into place. You would have um, Glaber Torres at second, some combination of Rochella and LeMahieu at third, and bringing in whether they kept Voigt, they re signed Rizzo, which I thought was a smart move. Yeah. Um, you know, I know some people wanted to get Freddie Freeman. I think bringing back Rizzo was smart. I didn't have as much trouble with them not going after Freddie Freeman. But you had Seager, Baez, Torrey, um, Correa, Marcus Simeon, 
I, I think I'm missing one. Was there another big short? That, 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 right there, that's five. Yeah, I think you got most of them. And you're the freaking Yankees. All it cost you was money. And instead, they brought in Connor Falefa, who may be a fine player, but you're it's another maybe. This is you needed to have a certain. And yeah, I, I to me, to me, Corey Seeger was the no-brainer. His swing, his World Series pedigree, all the stuff made him a no-brainer for the Yankees. He went to Texas along with Simeon. Okay, then Bias. He went to Detroit. Okay, then Correa or Story. Story went to play another position for the rival. And to me, you look at the team, and they could win 90-some-odd games. Very. But they could also be a 500 team. Because how like you're banking on Severino, who's averaged six innings a year for the last three years. You now you're banking that Cole is going to be an ace all year. Who's your number three or four starter on this team? You're banking that the, your your veteran relievers aren't going to collapse. You're banking that Joey Gallo's horrible half season with the team was a fluke. You're banking that DJ LeMahieu, who's MVP spurt with the Yankees was unsurprising. Turns out, you know, that when he came back to the mean this year, you're going to, you're banking that that's not a fluke. I mean, there's so many things that are going wrong and that could go wrong very easily. And I don't understand the direction of the team. I'm a classic Yankee hater. So yeah. therefore I'm not mad about it. You fit the profile. But that being said, as someone who enjoys baseball, and I know baseball is more interesting when the Yankees are good, um, it just scratches my head that they're wasting the prime of Aaron Judge. Yo, I think this is when the Yankees are most interesting, when they're good like they are right now around a 90-win team, but they're not great, not good enough to win a World Series. I just kind of like when they are around mediocrity, can make the playoffs, but not really a, a real World Series contender. This is probably when they're the most fun. But if you're a Yankees fan, you're just probably frustrated by this offseason because you went to the offseason and you said, our biggest needs are probably more athleticism in our lineup. We need more rotation depth behind Garrett Cole. We need more left-handed bats because we're just... Two, we just got too many right-handed power bats in our lineup. And what did Brian Cashman do? He just kind of doubled down on the flaws. He said, Josh hey, Donaldson. Yeah, let's go get Josh Donaldson. Late 30s. I like Josh Donaldson as a player. But in terms of the value of his contract, his age, like he's going to go out there and his stat line is going to be pretty good. Like he's, gonna, he's probably going to put up close to an all-star level stat line. But do you want to pay him $30 million or whatever he's giving you at this yeah. stage of his career? to be another right-handed power bat. Like, you got 18 of those players already in your lineup with the stands and the judges. That's not what you needed. Like what you said, what you needed was a shortstop in your lineup or, I guess, in the diamond for your team. And you see a team like the Red Sox go out there and they they move Trevor Story to second base just so you don't have that guy on your team. Carlos Correa was very easily attainable. Corey Seager, maybe it's the money which doesn't make a lot of sense because you're willing to pay Josh Donaldson. Maybe it's because he's only got a short-term contract versus some of those guys that got long-term deals. But Correa is, you know, on this one-to-one -one deal. So for the Yankees, I'm not entirely sure what their direction is. I do like their bullpen. They got a lot of young guys in they that did. bullpen. They got some they very nice young arms. They got, they got a lot of young arms coming up. I don't know if they have their rotation kind of ceiling in those young arms that you want to be a number two or number three starter, but they at least got the bullpen arm. So for the Yankees, you look around that rest of the, you look around the rest of the division, 
The Red Sox, they add Trevor Story. But, I mean, their rotation didn't really improve too much. No, the Blue Jays, no. I, I think, just kind of had like a stalemate kind of an offseason because they lost Robbie Ray. They brought in Kevin Gosman, but they lost Marcus Simeon as well. They brought in the Kikuchi guy from uh, – But they, the, they brought you know, in Chapman. I think that – I think Chapman. that I think that the – yes, I think the – the Blue Jays stood pat, but I think by the end of the year, they were the best team in the American League East, even though they finished in fourth. Uh, I think that I think that they're riding a talent. Look at I'm a native New Englander. And I was cheering the Red Sox on last October. I can't believe that team got to within two outs of two uh, wins of the World Series. Uh, I think they're I mean, Trevor Story's nice. Uh, I don't like the Red Sox pitching staff. I don't like the depth of their staff at all. Uh, I think the Red Sox are a low 80 win team, uh, fringe wildcard contender, uh, wow. kind of like they were last year. Who they, you know, they they were a wildcard team last year. I think they're going to remain one, but I don't, I don't, I think they have, they're not an elite team. I think they're in a similar position as the Yankees right now. But the Red Sox don't have the sense of urgency that they've gone an entire decade without going to the World Series, unlike the yeah. team in the Bronx right now. Uh, it's getting a little stale there. And, Someone was posting on you know, some Yankee fan was posting saying that Gallo, Judge, and Stanton is the best outfield in baseball, and I responded, "The best outfield in baseball should have a center fielder." I mean, yeah, and, probably true. defensively, he's not going to do much. Yeah, who, who's playing center in that? In terms of power, maybe it's the best if you're just trying. Yeah, to Yeah, but, but like, home runs but you're also outfield. banking that Stanton's going to stay healthy, and you're banking that Gallo isn't going to flop. So look at these are all the Yankees are making a ton of bets on this team and they're pushing their chips in the center of the table. And if these bets don't come through, man, this is going to be a rough year. If you're going to make any bets, go to bet online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. When the latest odds and contests and player props, you name it. Bet online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts, reviews for all the leagues this season not just for basketball. By the way, I put all my money on St. Francis. How did I do? Bet Online is continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about, about the trends and actions. Oh, Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome to Locked On Antihistamines with uh, your pal Sully and Miller Thomas. I'm glad we're not testing right now. Uh, he's Sully tested positive for Sudafed. Um, I just should have had a built bar. I'm telling you, it would have helped with my. Um, all right, let's wrap up the American League right now because we uh, for tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about the National League. But um, is there any other weird stories or winners or losers of the American League you want to bring up? Because I have two. Yeah, I just thought, uh, I guess for a loser, I just feel bad for this team. The Baltimore Orioles, just because you look up, you see the AL East, you got four teams that could potentially make the postseason, especially now with the expanded playoffs. When you look at the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, Tampa Bay, all of them could be 90 to 95 win teams. And you're Baltimore, you're like, we tried to make a contract for Carlos Correa. We thought we were going to come up with $300 million offer. It never materialized. Carlos Correa is now in Minnesota, uh, which is a city probably similar to Baltimore. So there's no reason you could have gotten him. The talent on your roster has been drained the last couple of years. You're still paying Chris Davis, I think. And you got Cedric Mullins. You got Trey Mancini. But I look up and down this lineup. I look up and down this roster, and it's pretty bare bones. So... For uh, Locked On Orioles host, Connor Newcomb, I just feel bad for him, and I just want to do like a moment of silence because I don't think his team is trying to win games in 2022. 
Yeah, Connor was on the show last week, and um, yeah, he was uh, he looked shell shocked. Uh, I feel bad for the team that plays right down the five from where I'm standing right now. In Anaheim, you have the return of Mike Trout, the return of Shohei Otani, and two players who are the the marquee players and probably the most exciting players in the game right now. And even with expanded playoffs, and even with the A's doing a fire sale, the Astros letting their franchise player go, and the Rangers going on a weird spending spree to hopefully make them a 79-win team, still nobody thinks of the Angels as a playoff team. And, you know, I talked to, you know, Riley about uh, the Yankees wasting the prime of Aaron Judge. Well, think of what we're losing with Trout playing golf every single October of his career today for three games in 2014. You know, and the, the, the audacity that some people have to belittle his career, like, yeah, but it hasn't led to a championship. Well, it's not his fault. He's done his end of the bargain. All you need to do is put an 80-win team around him, and he would be able to push it to 83-84, and you'd be sniffing a wild card right now. And they're still, I mean, look at you rattled off a bunch of teams that you think are going to be contenders. It never even occurred to you to bring up the Angels. No, because they just never are able to put the pitching around Mike Trout that they need to do. I mean, I've looked up their offensive ranks. Their offense is ranked top 10 a couple of times with Mike yeah. Trout. So the offense really hasn't been the issue. Their pitching has been like 25th or worse most of the time. I think that one season they made the postseason was like the only time their pitching was like top 10 in baseball and like ERA and strikeouts or something like that. So, yeah, you go ahead. Players like Robbie Ray floating around there or Garrett Cole a few years ago, why they don't just come up to their agents and say, just write in the number. I think they have PTSD from that one offseason with Pujols and C.J. Wilson and all those guys. What? The Pujols, yeah, I I made the joke that Artie Moreno would do everything to win the 2011 World Series because he kept signing all these players from that year's World Series to major contracts. Josh Hamilton was another one. Um, The the Pujols signing was meant to be a splash because they know they needed to have a marquee player in Anaheim. The irony was they didn't know they had one because Trout emerged that very year. Now, players don't develop in a vacuum and I have no doubt that Pujols being there for Trout's rookie year probably rubbed off on him the right way and maybe that maybe that took some pressure off of him blah 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 doesn't matter they're a high revenue team and other teams seem to be able to put together mediocre pitching staff have you made the point they just need to put together a mediocre pitching staff and they've had over a decade to do it just give us eh. that's all that's your that's your goal Eh. How's That's the pitching? Eh. And it's not like the value on like quality players in baseball is that high. Like most of the time you could just send them like a 16 year old prospect from Cuba and they're like, here, take our number two starter. Like if you want to go get one of those two Oakland guys that they're offering up in yes. Frankie Montez or Sean Manea, like I don't think it's going to take, you know, what the, the Braves Sonny gave up Gray. that often. Yeah. Sonny Gray was telling me. I mean, he's not Greg Maddox in his prime, but at least he'd be something. They signed I mean, Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, I think, pitched – I mean, like, look, at in his heyday, he was great, but like, they don't need more broken-down players. They tried it with Matt Harvey. Unbelievable. Well, look How at, much you want to bet, like, someone like Alex Cobb is going to have, like, a really good season now with the Giants after leaving the Angels yeah. organization? And if you want to make that bet, go to Bet Online, which means your number one site 
for all your sports betting needs. Well, look at, hey, Miller Thomas, the American League is going to be interesting. And the reason I like the American League and find it so interesting is that there is no super team in there. The only team that won 100 games last year was Tampa. And look at, I think they're a wonderful team. I think they're probably going to win 90 some odd games again, but no one looks at them like they're a, like, the, like they're the 2004 or Red Sox and 2003 Yankees. I mean, it's just, they're a, you know, they're a talented team that is playing in a league that's filled with parody. And so I think the American league is going to be really interesting. You know, the white Sox and you know, the play in the, the central, the twins are going to challenge the white Sox. If the Indians could hit boy, if you could vote on I'm sorry. God, it's going to take me a year. I'm sorry. It's going to take me a year. If you Voltron the Guardians and the Angels, the Angels bats and the Guardians pitching, you'd have the American League pennant winner right there. That'd be but nasty. Little Bieber Trout. Well, do you want? Do you know who's also really nasty? Millard Thomas. Millard, where can people find you? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not too nasty on Twitter if you guys want to catch me out there. I created Thomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow me at Slowly Baseball on Twitter, Slowly Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on both Instagram and on the Twitter. And I think that's it. I think this would have been League. We're going to cover the National League next. But this has been the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. Thank you to Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully of Locked On MLB for doing Mondays with Millard. Always have a great time talking with Sully. Thank you to all my loyal listeners for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make Lockdown MLB your second listen of the day, actually. Come back tomorrow for more winners and losers, but from the National League. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!